Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the COB podcast from Ausbiz. I'm Gemma Acton, uh, joined today not by Scotty, not by Nadine, <laughs> but by Andrew. Andrew Gagan, yeah, great to be here, Gemma. Um, look, what, what an interesting uh, week it has been. Of course, we thought last week was big with the US election. Well, it was. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was. Still is, isn't it? Because we're still trying to find out exactly what the final result is, although it's pretty much certain that um, it's accepted that Joe Biden will be in the White House come January 20. However, this week, it was all about a vaccine. That came out of nowhere, didn't it? It felt like it came out of nowhere. Obviously, uh, the conspiracy theorists are saying that it's the, the timing is incredibly coincidental as soon as the, the election is more or less out of the way that the vaccine news is announced. Although the, the head of Pfizer was at pains to point out that it had nothing to do with the timing of the election at all. Uh, the head of Pfizer also very interestingly sold down an enormous amount of his stock. Yeah, not uh, a good look no. um, for the market, I would have thought. But uh, yeah, that was certainly an interesting take uh, on his play. Um, so more broadly then on that point, uh, Gemma, um, this has really dictated markets. Certainly for the, for the next two days, we saw that surge. It was a rally. And we saw the rotation take place. It's funny, we've been talking about this potential rotation for such a long time. You know, growth's had its day, growth's gone too far, growth's overshot, value's just been too unloved for too long. But then the alacrity with which it actually happened when the moment came uh, was quite astonishing. And, and what surprised me more, I think, is the fact that, yes, it came suddenly, the vaccine news, and, and just such a high uh, success rate, the 90%. But it didn't come out of nowhere. There was so much money and so many companies focused on creating a vaccine. Yes, at the start, most of the big farmers weren't that interested because uh, it wasn't clear yet that it was going to be just so gigantic in its scale and, and probably so enduring. But in recent months, there's been so much work towards a vaccine that I, I was just amazed that the market in, in some ways wasn't better positioned for it uh, before Monday. Yeah, interesting too. Also, obviously, this is opening up questions for other uh, farmers big pharma who are also involved in the vaccine space, uh, Moderna, uh, AstraZeneca. In fact, I was speaking uh, with Gemma Dale from NabTrade just in terms of the volumes that said there's been huge plays on both those stocks, which is not surprising this week. No, and, and fascinating from that point of view, looking at their different approaches, that AstraZeneca has been a very much about uh, like trying to be quite modest when it comes to profits. <laughs> first, first time for everything for pharmaceuticals. And um, where Moderna, on the other hand, has been sort of rabidly commercial and capitalistic about it and not to critique or, or comment on either approach, but just such a vastly different uh, approach from, from all these different pharma companies about how much uh, profit they think is right to make out of this situation. Okay, so we saw that rally for two days, then yesterday and Thursday's trade, and today, Friday, Black Friday, should I <laughs> add that mention, uh, we've seen a, a pullback, a bit of a reality check, I think is a fair enough way of putting it, because um, although people are and the markets are uh, very keen 
uh, to hear more on the vaccine. Uh, in reality, it's unlikely that anything would eventuate in terms of a rollout, just those logistics involved, um, before, you know, the very earliest uh, in the first couple of months of next year, but more likely sometime in the middle of next year. Yeah, and the question really is, how much does it keep spreading between now and then? Because the worst thing we would see is uh, countries which are already in a very precarious situation when it comes to new cases, taking their foot off the pedal and just relaxing a bit too much, thinking, you know, we'll all be saved by a vaccine soon. So we don't need to worry about lockdowns. We don't need to worry about social distancing, mm. uh, which has the potential to actually uh, see these situations in Europe and the US deteriorate even further, which would be very bad news from an economic perspective. Yeah, so we saw um, investors pile into those stocks that have been beaten down, um, in particular travel-related stocks. But I guess one has to remember, put it in context, that they simply still don't have any revenue mm -hmm. at the moment. Yeah, that's the problem. And I think it'll take quite a long time to, to, to get that all up and running again. Um, and, and you look at the decimation, I, very close to the travel industry and tourism industry is the live entertainment industry. That lost 95% of its revenue overnight. Like that is just uh, so traumatic. Yeah. Uh, now, Gemma, I know that um, a lot of people are sceptical about um, the vaccine and the effect it's going to have. And you were speaking with Marcus Padley earlier. I was, yeah. Now, he's uh, gone so far as to call it a potential GFC version 2.0, uh, which is not really an acronym that anybody wants to hear again uh, in, in their lifetimes, uh, assumably. But, um, you know, he's just saying he thinks the, the vaccine rally got ahead of itself. And, uh, you know, there, there could be a lot of, uh, once you scrape below the surface, there could be a, a lot of problems still uh, that won't be easily resolved. And you do see that. You do hear good news about loan deferrals coming down and that, and that type of thing. But uh, certainly a lot of businesses are still in, in a very dangerous position. So, Jim, we've had all that interest in big pharma. Of course, more broadly, um, healthcare uh, has really been the focus this year for a sector. And um, speaking of which, Ramsey Healthcare, it's failing to provide guidance. Um, I guess it's in the position of a lot of companies at the moment, just given the uncertainty. Yeah, absolutely. And that was actually our stock of the day today. So let's check in with uh, Rudy Philippek van Dyke from FN Arena and see what he had to say. For, for a very long time, uh, has been very, very good for shareholders. And then in recent, in recent years, that has flatlined. Um, that's story number one. Story number two is, for obvious reasons, it has been a victim of, uh, of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, if people don't go to hospitals, uh, what do you do? Um, I mean, they've, they've been kept alive by governments. Mm -hmm. um, so I wouldn't be surprised if at some stage you'll just have to um, go for like, it's just a flatlining company. And on, on, unless the dynamics change, yep. it's not a great investment. It is actually having a much harder time in countries that have stayed open more and not locked down. Ironically, of course, its Melbourne operations did take a bit of a hit during COVID, but I guess the good news here is now they're bouncing right back and they expect to be at 100% um, capacity fairly soon. So I think we'll see a pretty fast bounce back in Australia, which is good news for the company in the short term. You have a few short term headwinds and then you have a few longer term potential difficulties as we see private insurance come off a little bit. So for me, I'd say it's a hold. And that was Claude Walker from A Rich Life. So uh, not a popular choice for either of them, a hold from both of them. And we do see that the stock uh, was down a, a bit today uh, as well. Interestingly for the healthcare sector, more broadly, we had a, another guest on earlier saying that the Aussie healthcare sector was the best performing sector of the last decade. Uh, obviously, CSL underpinned that, um, but across the medtech, biotech, and health services space, a, a lot of a lot of good performers there overall. 
So, Gemma, a huge couple of weeks we've just had. <laughs> uh, what can we look forward to next week? <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I hate to talk about central banks again because I do feel like they get too much airtime. They certainly had in 2020, but there are a few things on the agenda with regards to central banks. We've got uh, Governor Lowe's annual dinner on Monday evening, which is uh, normally quite an interesting affair. Uh, looking forward to hearing what he has to say uh, about the economy then. I feel like in the last week or so since we last heard from him, there has been actually quite a lot of good news, um, not least the vaccine. So we'll see if uh, that's changed his view at all. Well, yeah, just to put that in context, so of course, uh, overnight in Europe, we had the leaders of the central banks, uh, Joe Powell from the Fed, uh, as, as well as uh, uh, the ECB and the Bank of England, uh, all pretty much uh, singing from the same hymn sheet, uh, saying that, uh, yeah, look, the vaccine, it is good news, but let's just look at what's happening right now. COVID cases, we're still seeing those record numbers uh, in the States, you know, more than 140,000 in just one day, and Europe equally as bad with those severe lockdowns, in fact, uh, accentuating just what's going on there at the moment. And that's good. I think the more people are reminded of that, the better. It's, it's something after after months and you're hearing daily numbers, you do get a bit uh, desensitised to it, but those numbers are something you should absolutely not be desensitised to. Look, in terms of other stuff, uh, Andrew, I'm looking at next week, Labor market data is going to be quite interesting. Uh, you know, it, it's tended to have surprised on the upside for the last couple of months, but in a way that doesn't give you any confidence. These are not full-time jobs that are coming back. These are part-time jobs. And when we talk about part-time jobs, uh, frequently it's just self-employed people jumping on platforms when and where they can, uh, which is really not a very solid underpinning for uh, a recovery. Yeah, you're right. Those numbers tend to be skewed. We saw that last time too, where most of the growth in jobs came in that uh, demographic of the uh, 20-somethings, uh, which perhaps indicative of what employers want to do. They want to have that flexible workforce right now. And more now with the job maker hiring credit, uh, certainly favours youngest workers as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the numbers change uh, when that program properly kicks in. Yeah, looking uh, those numbers, uh, unemployment looking as though it's heading at around 7.2% um, next week when those figures come in, of course, the... Uh, the reserve uh, pointing out that it's likely to hit 8% at some point. And, and I just wonder when I think about uh, all these casual workers, how on earth do they get mortgages? Because it is hard and onerous enough to get to get a mortgage anyway. They're really set up for a world where people had long-term full-time jobs, which is just not the reality anymore for, for so many people. Uh, which is interesting because then you look at uh, consumer sentiment at the moment, uh, of course Westpac coming out with its latest uh, sentiment survey, and um, people are excited because interest rates are at record lows. They'll be so for as far as the eye can see. So is now a good time to buy a home? Well, it appears so in the minds of most Australians. Yeah, absolutely. And, you can, and that makes sense. You can understand it. At a year like this, when everything's so uncertain, the, the comfort of having a roof over your heads. And if you look at what happened to the Australian housing market this year, all of the forecasts for 15% falls, 20% falls uh, have come to nothing so far. Uh, which I think just gives people a lot more confidence. It'll it'll hold its ground. Now I say that as someone who thinks the market has shot up far too much in recent years, as it is, yep. and it would be a lot better for society in general if it went Ge backwards. But. And Gemma, we should finish on a on a positive note as yes, far as Australia is <laughs> concerned, because we're seeing uh, more borders open. Uh, we are Western Australia. Its hard border is coming down. Uh, Queensland signalling that it'll be open by Christmas time, which is obviously great news. It feels like incredibly good timing. This should all happen for Christmas and year end.
Uh, and that seems like a wonderfully positive note to finish on, Andrew. So I think we'll just leave it there for the week. Gemma, thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you so much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.